0: This is Journal Talk, episode 15, with a special guest, John Evans.
1: I think there's a, there's a danger here that we, we need to make a distinction between this writing for health, coaching, and writing therapy. Mm because if we're not actually certified therapists, if we're not licensed by the state to conduct social work or to do mental illness work, then we cannot call what we do therapy. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: The, The writing may be therapeutic, but it's not writing therapy. You know, one of the drawbacks I see to using the word journals is that there really are dangers involved in that. If you are in a healthcare setting, you know, it it might come up and somebody says, you know, I really, I can't help thinking about this. I think about it a lot. And you say to that person, you know, you ought to journal about that.
2: Right, right. And the
1: person goes home and they journal about it and they just keep journaling about it the same way, using the same words, the same language, with the same tone. They actually are re-traumatizing themselves or there's a potential that they can re-traumatize themselves because this rumination that they were doing in their head, they're only just doing it back on paper.
2: Yes. Wow. And
1: just putting it on paper or saying it out loud is not necessarily what is... If there's magic in writing, the magic is in how the writing helps you move forward and create a narrative that incorporates traumatic events
2: into your life story. Yes, wow. This was really surprising and, to be honest, maybe even a little embarrassing too because, John, I'm one of the people that have said there's not really any wrong way to write and, you know, I've encouraged people to do just that. You've got something on your mind, you're seeking some clarity, you know, write through it.
1: You're listening to Journal Talk, a podcast for sharing tips, inspiration, and expert interviews about therapeutic journaling. We take this moment to say thank you for tuning in. And now, back to your host, Nathan Oren.
0: Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Journal Talk, Would you like to hear an example of the law of attraction? If you remember back about five months ago, I think it was episode four, I was talking with my friend Kathy and she showed me this book. It was about ten years old and it was called Writing to Heal. It was out of print, and it was such a shame because it was probably the best book that I've ever seen to explain the powers of journal writing. Half of it was written like a how-to guide with a simple formula for writing with emotional depth, and the other half was written to show the results of clinical research studies and the true observable benefits that people experienced from journaling in that way. Well, turns out, writing to heal is the most well-known and the most referenced book in the field of expressive writing, and it's probably because it's one of the pioneer works of our time on the subject. And it may be the first true compendium of research that links the act of writing with physical as well as emotional benefits. So you can understand why I've been increasingly intrigued by this book and I've spent time seeking out the author, Dr. James Pennebaker, and I've invited him to come and speak on this show. And I still hope that he comes. But in the process, I've met a number of truly remarkable people, people with a real education about journaling, and some of them who either know or they have worked with Dr. Pennebaker. And today, I'm going to be sharing a conversation with one of those people, another gifted researcher, practitioner in the field of writing for health. His name is John Evans. You might call him Dr. John Evans. I'm not exactly sure how it works when you have an EDD degree. I'm told that's the equivalent of a PhD, but it's in the world of education rather than the world of medicine. Whatever the case, he's an accomplished and quite a friendly and knowledgeable person. I learned a whole lot from talking to John Evans as you'll find out in this episode, he founded an organization called Wellness and Writing Connections. He was an English teacher, a college professor, an associate dean, all of this while writing and teaching the value of writing to other people. I have three segments of conversation to share with you. We discussed the Pennebaker paradigm, and of course, that whole book, Writing to Heal. I was so delighted to hear that John Evans was assisting Dr. Pennebaker in putting that book back in print again. But first, let me share a segment of conversation I had where I'm getting to know John a little bit, and I wanted to find out what personally inspired him to take up journaling and to share with people about its healing benefits. So I hope you enjoy hearing his stories and how he got involved with writing to heal as much as I enjoyed it. Listen in.
2: Hello, John, and welcome to Journal Talk. Hi, Nathan. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, that's great. I'm honored to have you here. There's so much to talk about. I appreciate your time and, and just all that you're contributing and all that you are. I've I've checked out the Wellness and Writing Connections website. I did see a couple of your articles on the psychology today. There's just so many directions for us to go. I'd love to hear about the uh, Pennebaker paradigm, Maybe we can start off with a little bit about you and some of of your work and wellness and writing connections.
1: Well, you know, I'm really just, um, I'm really delighted that you've asked me to be uh, part of this series that you're doing, and I think uh, you're making a a very solid contribution um, to continuing this work. I'm a stay-at-home dad. I have a four-year-old son. Uh, That's my primary focus right now, and that's Mm -hmm. uh, really uh, quite a lot of my time and when mm-hmm. I'm not doing that I am the director and founder of Wellness and Writing Connections and I teach uh, workshops at Duke Integrative Medicine and I do some writing so you know I guess if you define me by what I do that's who I am mm-hmm. um, and you know the other thing is I'm a guy, I guess you could say, who has just been fascinated by the role that language plays in shaping and creating our experiences Mm -hmm. in our lives. From the time I was old enough to listen until I was about three years old, my mother read to me for hours every day.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: she read stories to me like uh, the little Beatrix Potter series,
2: Mm -hmm. which... uh, Mm
1: And and you know the little engine that could and the pokey little puppy and yeah yeah these were the old nursery rhymes the Mother Goose stories and stuff I mean poems and and rhymes and things and I mean, she read to me every day for hours I was her sole entertainment before TV there was no radio out there she had no phone to call everything was a long distance call my mother was just really isolated and I was mm-hmm. her sole focus and she just read to me for hours. I watched her lips form the shape of the words until I memorized the stories or I could actually read the words for myself. And I have been, you know, observing and experiencing the capacities of language, I think, since then. I was an avid reader as long as I can remember. The library was part of my uh, weekly adventure as I grew (laughs) up, and books have just played a huge part in my life. You know, I think when you ask who I am, I'm a guy just really fascinated by language. And uh, I think that's something that Jamie Pennebaker and I share. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, he has a fascination for language. He comes at it from a different angle than I do. He comes at it from social psychology. In a sense, I do, too, but I come at it from education. I come at it from what role does language play in how people learn and how people experience their lives. You asked me about my interest in journaling. It goes back to my mom reading to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, beautiful. When did you actually start picking up the pen and writing things that made you aware of that power, that language that you're talking about uh, for yourself and, and creating your own story and creating your own future and becoming aware of the power of journaling in your own life? Well, I think, you know, in
1: third grade, I wrote a little comic strip with one of my friends who could illustrate. I would write the story and he would draw the pictures. Uh, (laughs) Wow, wow. (laughs) And we distributed that among our classmates, you know, for laughs. But, you know, basically it was just a regurgitation of the previous night's Robin Hood episode, when I was asked in uh, class at, uh, I went to the Breadlow School of English in Middlebury College, um, and I had Nancy Martin and Peter Elbow as instructors, and uh, they were just coming out of this expressive writing thing from an entirely different point of view. And they said, well, where did your writing come from? And I said, I think it's because in, in seventh and eighth grade, all I did is pass notes with girls in the hallway. <laughs> um, and and in study hall, I mean, that's just what we did. We just passed notes constantly. But I think that's where I became more and more fascinated by writing and expressing myself in writing. And I majored in English in college, and you know, began to study the role that writing can play in helping people learn things.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: guess that's where I ran into journals again. If you want to know where the relevancy of journals comes into my life, is, is mm-hmm. in the early 1970s. I was in college uh, finishing up my education certificate and preparing to teach, and we were reading all this research coming out of England about the effect that writing was having in the classrooms and the research that they were doing over there about writing being a central role of the English educational system. In the 60s, in the late 60s especially, this team of researchers looked at the writing of British schoolchildren and determined that expressive writing was sorely lacking and that if more Mm. expressive writing could be included in the curriculum the children would actually do better in all subjects and they proved it with their research. Wow. Which is very interesting to me because the definition of expressive writing is just simply that it is personal writing not for anyone else outside of the writer and It's personal. It's about feeling. It's more about emotion than anything else.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: That's Mm -hmm. impressive, right? And so when uh, at school, when teachers allowed students to write how they felt about what they were learning, (laughs) they actually did better learning the facts and the processes and the procedures. Wow. Anyway, so in college, I was reading this research. This was really cutting-edge stuff, but in 1970, There was a big grant from the federal government to establish the National Writing Project. And uh, that was headed up by a guy named James Gray. He was at Stanford or UCLA. A big grant to establish writing project sites in every single state of the union. And every year, select 25 teachers from that state to learn how to teach writing across the curriculum, K-12, writing about every subject. And teaching math, for instance, teaching science, it was imbued with writing. And there would be two sites in every state by the time they got done. And there are still wow. National Writing Project sites in the United States that teach teachers how to teach writing in all subjects. Wow. So, you know, that's uh, the kind of background. that I come to journaling. For me, journaling is very directed. It is teachers using journals in their subjects to teach the subject. So in a history class, a teacher assigns journals and the students actually journal about what they're learning. High school students or even 4th or 5th graders, when they keep a science journal, they write about their experience with the experiment. They talk about how they feel about it. They talk about what they think about it. They talk about applications for it. Wow. So this is the way journals were used in school. Language is just infused throughout the whole curriculum. It's never isolated. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, So, you know, that would be a whole other topic um, for our discussion. (laughs) But when you ask me where the journaling comes from, that's how I come to the journaling, and that's how I come to expressive writing. Uh huh, uh huh. You know, my career kind of started in 1973, so I've been teaching journals actually since 1973. So this is my 40th year, I guess, 40 years. And so at least three of the terms that I use for my special writing program, the expressive writing, the transactional writing, and the poetic writing come right out of the work that these researchers did in Great Britain in the 1960s.
2: Wow, wow.
1: We hope you're enjoying this episode of Journal Talk. Have you already subscribed on iTunes? You won't want to miss the next episode. Go to the iTunes store and search under Journal Talk. All one word. Click subscribe and get your Journal Talk delivered free. Thanks for subscribing. And now, back to more Journal Talk.
0: Welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm Nathan Oren and we're listening in on a conversation I had with John Evans, teacher workshop facilitator and co-author of the revised and updated edition of writing to heal which is soon going to be in print and available in real and virtual bookshelves all over keep your eyes open but before we get to our second segment of dialogue i just wanted to remind people that i'm leading a six-week dream journaling workshop that's starting up in just a few weeks october 6 is our first session and if you're somebody who is interested in learning more about yourself and understanding what your dreams might mean about you, or even if you just want to be able to remember your dreams better in the morning when you wake up, you're gonna love this course. I've added a page on my website for testimonials and to show what other people who have taken this course have said about it in their post-workshop evaluation, and their commendations are so inspiring. I really would love for you to check those out. For more information about this Dream Journaling Workshop Series, go to my website, writeforlife.us slash dreams. And if you put this course in your shopping cart, make sure you use the coupon code JOURNALTALK when you check out because it'll give you a 25% off the already low price. I can't wait to have you in class with me and learning about our dreams together and with a bunch of like-minded people. It's going to be fun. In this next segment of Dialogue with John Evans, I asked him to talk in depth about the Pennebaker paradigm. What exactly is this simple formula for writing that has proven to cause such great benefits? You might remember some of this from earlier episodes, but I love the way John puts this whole thing in perspective. Listen in.
2: There might be some people listening to this who don't know if you could share a summary of, you know, the Pennebaker paradigm, what his work provided into this field. Uh, I am glad
1: you asked about the Pennebaker paradigm because it is probably the most replicated model of writing to heal that we have. Uh, I think Jenny Pennebaker himself has probably published about 300 articles in, in journals about his experiments with expressive writing. And that is really the heart of the Pennebaker paradigm. The Pennebaker paradigm is real simple it's just uh, write for four days, for 20 minutes a day, about the most traumatic event in your life. And write about it with your deepest emotions. And sharing your emotions is more important than actually remembering the dates or names or places, it's more important to recount the emotional experience than the actual description of events. That's the Pinabaker comparison. People have played with the times. There was, there was one experiment I thought was really, I thought it was a joke at first, and then these guys are really serious, but they said, just write for two minutes about the most traumatic experience in your life. What?
2: <laughs> two minutes?
1: Wow. Yes. That was the first day. and then next day was write for two more minutes about the most traumatic experience in your life. And then the third day was uh, now write about how this has changed your life
2: uh,
1: and uh, the impact that it's had on it. Write for two minutes. And then the um, fourth thing was uh, write, about, write for two minutes about how you have been able to incorporate this event into your life.
2: Hmm. So
1: what they've done is they've taken the essence of the four movements in this assignment and they've just condensed it, you know, down. They've condensed it 90%. <laughs> they've condensed it down from yeah. 20 to 2 minutes. And I thought that was very interesting because the results were pretty good. It, it had a positive wow. effect. And so other experiments have played with this and did all of the assignments in one day. So ah. you write for 20 minutes, you take a break, and you come back and write for 20 minutes, and you come back and write for 20 minutes, etc. Depending on the person, that can just be a real heavy, heavy, heavy day.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: so, you know, the Pin and Baker paradigm is four days, 20 minutes a day,
2: the most traumatic event in your life. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of questions about that. Why is it the most traumatic? Is that just a way of getting um, to the deepest, you know, maybe something really deep and emotional, or, or is there something more to it than that?
1: Further on in the instructions, Jamie says, some people have not had a single traumatic experience, so feel free to write about any emotional experience that you've had, especially one that you've never told anyone. Uh, You know, and this is what's interesting about updating the book, Um, Mm -hmm. further research actually finds that you don't have to write about your most traumatic experience to have benefit. You can write about any experience that's been emotional for you
0: to -hmm. to have
1: some benefit, but true to the scientific method, Jamie says, well, I haven't measured that. (laughs) So, I'm not going to speak to that. It may be true. And his intuition might tell him that it's true, but as a scientist, he's not going to say it's true until he's actually observed it.
2: Right. Right. Another thing is, the being true to a scientific principle what are the blind control group people there's always a control group in a scientific test what are they doing for 20 minutes
1: in the pinnabaker paradigm they usually write about time management Uh so they usually write about how they spent their day (laughs)
0: Uh,
1: how did you spend your day today and Uh uh, how do you manage your time Uh, you know when I did the workshop with Jamie Two years ago, I guess at Duke Integrative Medicine, he was telling the group about this experiment and he said, and to tell you the truth, I have never seen any research anywhere that says writing about how you spend your time has any health benefits whatsoever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be... But a, that's just
1: Jamie's dry humor, you know, that's yeah, just he yeah, yeah. humor. How would you like to get Journal Talk show summaries delivered directly to you by email? You'll be the first to learn when a new episode is available. Just go to our website www.writeforlife. That's w r i t e the number 4 U S and enter your email address in the box on the right side panel of the page. We promise not to spam you and we'll keep your email address private. Now, let's get back to more Journal Talk.
0: Welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm your host, Nathan Oren, and we're listening to a conversation with a remarkable person, someone who promotes the research and the education of the benefits of expressive writing. In this last clip of dialogue, we talk some more about the book Writing to Heal, And the story about how John became involved in an effort to get this book back into the world after it has been out of print for several years. And I was so glad to learn that not only is this book making a comeback, But it's going to be a revised and updated version that's going to include many, many more studies that have been done since the early 2000s that were not mentioned in the original copy. So keep an eye out on Amazon because you'll be able to get a copy of this book very soon, and it is going to be great.
2: How did it come about? this idea of updating writing to heal
1: well I reviewed it when it first came out for the National Association of Poetry Therapists and that was 2004 Mm -hmm. and I used it with a lot of my clients anyone that I you know work with uh, as a with a therapist or anyone that I worked with individually you know I would include a copy of Jamie's book because I I really feel like it's just a, a great resource yeah, um, And I really liked the tone of it. I liked his voice. It's very straightforward, uh, plain mm-hmm. English, heartfelt. Yes. Yeah, with a little dry humor. And uh, so I really liked the book, and I, I used it, and I kept using it. And then in 2007, Jamie was a keynote address speaker for my first conference, Wellness and Writing Connections Conference in Atlanta and he brought some of the books and i I ordered a couple of cases of books and we sold them there at that conference so i know it was still in print and doing well and i thank jamie for for that and then jamie and i did a workshop at duke integrated medicine two years ago in the spring and the book had gone out of print i could no longer get it and i called him actually before he came and i said i need to where some books and uh, I don't know how I can get them. And he says he bought all the books back from his publisher and uh, he can sell me some and he sold me some and um, that was how we went forward. But when we had dinner the night before our workshop, I, I said, Jamie, I want to talk with you about maybe updating or revising. Do you have any plans for updating, revising or enlarging your, your book? I, I really like it and I, it really pains me that it's... It's, they're selling it on Amazon for over $200. What's going on? <laughs> I know. And he said, well, you know, for one thing, he says, I don't know where they come up with that number. He says, you know, I don't even know if that book exists out there. He says, as far as he knows, it, that's all fictitious, as far as he knows. And he said, yeah, a lot of people have been pressuring him to do something with that book. And I said, I'd be glad to help you to update that research, update the book, and, and maybe enlarge it a little bit. Because I said, you know, I've been doing these workshops, implementing a lot of the things that you recommend. I've been doing that with groups, and Mm -hmm. there's a model for this. I'd love to, you know, include that. He said, well, let me think about it. He said, he wrote me back the next day, and he said, yeah, I'd be glad to collaborate with you on this project. Um, You know, just understand, you you know, you're going to do a lot of the heavy lifting because, uh, you know, my schedule is crazy and can only do what I can do. And I said, well, this is what I have in mind. I just have in mind revising the uh, research, the parenthetical citations, mm-hmm. building out the re- reference list, uh, including five chapters of my own, updating the phone numbers and, you know, just <laughs> updating it and revising it and enlarging a little bit and getting it back out there. And he said, he said, my only requirement is that we, ha- you know, at least one of the editions has to be an e-book. So mm-hmm. we'll do it in soft cover and we'll do it as an e-book. And that uh, we, you know, keep the cost down so that it's mm-hmm. really accessible. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I agree with both those things. He said, you know, academic writers don't make any money. So <laughs> he said, right, right. you don't expect to make any money. I said, don't worry about it. I don't expect to make anything. My whole motivation for being involved in the project is to get it out there.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I just
1: think it's an important work. I think every therapist, every psychologist ought to have it in his or her library. I think it's a it would be a good textbook for colleges and universities where they're teaching writing to heal and it could be in
2: nursing schools. I, I can just see a lot of applications for I love some of the examples that you gave when you were talking about updating the references and the appendix of research studies that had been done. Could you share
1: a couple of those? <laughs> Our reference list runs about 25 pages. Wow. And I have not really totaled how many references that really is. Altogether, I've just been totaling up the pages. And, and I think just skimming the titles of those research studies, you'll, you'll run across things like how expressive writing helped soldiers returning from Iraq and Afghanistan reintegrate with their families.
2: Wow. And how
1: expressive writing helped those families uh, endure Mm -hmm. the hardship of having a loved one serving abroad. You'll read about how firefighters after 9-11 wrote about losing their comrades
2: Mm -hmm, and how
1: expressive writing helped them recover from their own PTSD. How narrative is so important how storytelling how the story that we tell ourselves uh, mm-hmm. is so important that so and then you know we also saw articles about veterinarians who have ptsd from euthanizing animals mm. that you think of veterinarians as just being able to put down an animal it's no big deal but you know a lot of times the vet will go over and visit the home mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah yeah
1: you get to know these animals
2: and and then maybe you have a hard time putting it down. It doesn't surprise me at all that expressive writing, as you defined it, would help people deal with their emotions and, you know, help categorize and metabolize the experience so that the human spirit can bounce back. What I'm just glad is that these studies exist, that somebody's actually taken the time to make a study about it and show the results and I'm really glad both of the kinds of things that are going into the new edition. We just really wanted to get the work out there. So,
1: you know, we're gonna publish it as an e-book. It's probably gonna be under $10. Mm -hmm. The work is what's important. Uh, The work has always been what has been motivating me.
2: Yeah, very well said.
0: Well, we're all out of time for episode 15, but there were many more directions to take this conversation with John Evans. I barely got started. I'm so curious about his work at Duke Integrative Medicine and also the company he founded, Wellness and Writing Connections. So thankfully, John has agreed to come back and, and do another interview for us in the near future. But first, we'll hear from Barbara Stahura, a woman whose husband was in a terrible car accident and suffered a brain injury. Barbara shares the story of how her life was turned upside down, but also how journaling not only helps the victims of brain injury, but also people like herself, their caregivers. Also, we're going to get an inside scoop about a brand new universe that's about to open up. It's the universe of journaling resources, and it's called the (laughs) Journalverse. Keep an eye out on www.journalverse.com. It's going to expand into something fantastic. And the creator of Journalverse, the one and only Kathleen Adams, will be on Journal Talk here to share. But in the next episode, we get to hear from the ambitious, the audacious, and the very authentic Dolly Garland from Kaizen Journaling. So I'll talk to you in two weeks, unless you contact me first, which you are very welcome to do. Until then, keep on writing.